Hello, this is Eduardo Rodriguez with the Food for Faith podcast, a podcast about loving your neighbors through food. Every day we have the opportunity to love through food. Eating is something we all have to do every day. So we want to help you think intentionally about how to add a missional moment to your day without adding more to your plate. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to love our neighbor of a different faith. Our world is getting smaller and smaller, and the people we interact with are becoming more and more diverse. So it's important as Christians that we make this a part of our discipleship journey. But it might sound a bit intimidating, it might sound a bit challenging, but don't worry, we're here to help. We want to provide you with stories, we want to provide you with some ideas about how to do this well, how to do it faithfully and lovingly, and maybe how to do this through food. Super excited to have a special guest with us today. We have Laura Osborne. She's the coordinator for interreligious relations at the Reformed Church in America. She's also a campus minister at Western Michigan University through the International Campus Ministries. Laura, thank you so much for joining us. We're super excited to have your expertise. And I'm just wondering if you can introduce yourself um, and talk a little bit about your work. Yeah, so thanks for having me, Eduardo. I'm super excited um, when you presented this idea uh, to our team a while back. Like, this is fantastic because, yes, everybody needs to eat. Um, and for people like me, uh, I'm very relationship driven, and it's just very easy for me to collect people and food together. <laughs> it's something that's just been, I guess, part of my DNA for yeah. my whole life. Um, my nuclear family isn't large. I just have one sister, but our extended family was pretty big. So we were always um, collecting cousins or aunts or uncles for <laughs> uh, events and then neighbors. We lived um, pretty far out in the country. So we very much relied on our neighbors and very much knew who our neighbors were. The area I lived in was not super diverse, but I grew up outside of Ann Arbor, which is very diverse. Yeah. And my mother worked at the University of Michigan. So gotcha. I was exposed to um, many different cultures and folks from another faith uh, very early on. So uh, it's not something necessarily I thought I'd be going into as a career <laughs> yeah. when I started yeah. ministry. But um had known about this campus ministry at Western uh, as I was a student there, uh, and I was a part of the Navigators when I was an undergrad, and um, I wasn't obviously an international student, so I didn't kind of um, venture over into their ministry, but had had known about it, just knowing a few other ministries on campus. And when the the lead pastor was looking to retire, he was trying to discern uh, who would take his space, and at that point, I was looking to. Um, Get back into ministry. I worked for the American Red Cross for five years. Uh, it's a longer story for a different podcast. But <laughs> was looking to yeah, get we'll back. get there. We'll, we'll, <laughs> right. That's on the looking docket. To, yeah, right. To get back into ministry. And two different opportunities came up. One was parish ministry and then also campus ministry, both part-time. So they married well together since the parish ministry church was a very, very much a longtime supporter of the campus ministry. So even though they were they were a bit different, um, I as I was discerning if I was going to 
to uh, be a part of this campus ministry. So to God, I love people, but when it comes to different cultures, I just, I'm not well-versed. I'm happy to sit sure. down and listen and have those conversations. And the, the pastor who was retiring, he said, that's all you need. Like, mm. Oh, I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And I've been on campus now for six years and wow. uh, it's, it's just been a gift um, to me and my family. And I know it's been a gift to students, the, the ministry as a whole. Well, I'm wondering if you can just, you know, tell us a little about about the students that you work with. You know, where are they from? Uh, what are their religions and, and maybe what brought them here? Yeah, so Western Michigan University has in a normal year around 1,600 to 2,000 international students. Wow. And they come from around 50 different countries. Um, <laughs> we made a map one, one semester and just put pins in it of where the students were all from and um, <laughs> there were some surprises for sure. Uh, when I first started there was a large large group from China and Saudi Arabia that has shifted over the years. A lot of it due to um, because of funding, because of scholarships, hmm. because of politics and all that whatnot. Um, right now um, we still have a very large population from Malaysia Indonesia, um, the, the Middle East, there's still a decent amount of students from Saudi Arabia, um, Oman, and then we get the, the kind of one-offs from different countries through the Fulbright Scholar Program, uh, such as uh -huh. um, uh, Kosovo. We have a student from Kosovo, uh, a few from Jamaica, <laughs> I mean, I could go on for the rest of the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, sounds like from. you could name most of the globe. <laughs> right, and so, uh, yeah, learning uh, different cultures, there's there's similarities, there's differences, there's mm -hmm. hot cultures and cold cultures when it comes to like hospitality, um, but food is a common denominator, right? Yeah. So um, this ministry was built on hospitality and safe spaces for students to gather and uh, experience God's grace. So mm. that's been the kind of the foundation of it, and to be that hospitable presence on campus. Uh, because, yes, we have different religions um, about, I was, uh, the statistics a couple of years ago was like, about less than 10% are Christians, okay. um, a fair amount are Muslims, mm -hmm. uh, Buddhists, Hindus, uh, no faith, really, affiliation, some possible cultural faith pieces. But mm -hmm. um, when it comes to, like, devoted religious students, um I'd say about 40, okay. 50 percent, yeah. maybe. Um, and yeah, that's that's all over the place. And what brought those students here to Western specifically, it's a lot of um, like Western's relationship with maybe partner universities around the world, uh, recruiting efforts, scholarships, the specific program. A lot of students come to Western for engineering uh, educational leadership and aviation. Actually, we're one of the top aviation schools in the country. Didn't know that fun oh. fact until recently. <laughs> okay. um, we have quite a few students that come here and we had a large group from uh, Papua, Indonesia that mm. were sent here to uh, by their government to learn oh. aviation and wow. aviation administration because there's so many small remote areas that they need to train oh, pilots to get supplies sense. to and 
things like that. So it's just all that kind of unique <laughs> stuff that I was I you can't really train someone for that. <laughs> like you just got to sit down and listen and learn along the way. Yeah. Um, I feel very strong in my faith, but the more I meet with students and learn about their faith, the stronger I become in mine. So the yeah. more I study Islam, the more I study uh, Hinduism, the stronger mm. I am in my own faith, and the more I wow. can respect others in their faith traditions along the way. Uh, yeah. No, oh, wow. That that sounds like uh, this keeps it very entertaining. I feel like you're probably always learning. You're always discovering new things. That's probably Absolutely. something that uh, keeps you on your toes. Mm. Well, that is for sure. <laughs> that um, is for sure. I'm wondering about... Um, when they first come here, when these students first come here, uh, maybe they don't really have much of an idea of what Americans like or what Americans are like, and maybe very little about Christianity. I'm just kind of wondering when they first get here, what are some of the stereotypes that they might have about Americans and about Christianity? Oh, <laughs> that's a fun question I get to ask students. I do it more like when they're getting ready to call home and they've been here for two, three, four years. Um, I say, what's one thing you're going to, uh, what, what's one thing you learned that was different than what you thought of Americans? And then what's, what are, what's one or two things you're going to take away from your time here? And uh, one gal a few years back, she's from Egypt, Cairo, and she mm -hmm. said, I thought everybody was a Christian in mm. the United States. I'm mm. like, oh, okay. It's all like on your news sources, right? Do you have family yeah. here? Do you know people here already? Um, politically, that's a, that's an interesting topic. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, our news is, you know, around the world these days, and it's just... Um, they they watch it carefully, uh, yeah. what's going on in the United States, I would say most students do. So uh, whichever news channel they watch, it's, it's what they get. Um, most students uh, think Americans are friendly and welcoming for the most part. Uh, that's an assumption they get before they come, and so we try to, of course, build on that. Yeah. <laughs> Some students have really no idea of Christianity. Mm. We've met students uh, from Asian countries, and they don't even have a concept of God. So oh, wow. uh, yeah. we have to start. So doing larger Bible studies can be tricky because everybody's really coming from different spaces. Yeah. And we've done Christianity Explored type Bible studies, and that's good. But we really have to assess where everybody's at because mm -hmm. um, some come from homes that God is talked about in one way and other homes don't say a word yeah. about God or religion at all. So no framework yeah, it's just, for it. It's mm -hmm. tricky. Um, a couple of uh, pieces that have always stuck with me over the years though, and students remind me of this almost every, every semester as they leave, you know, what's, what are pieces you'll take away from you or, or take away from uh, your time here in the U.S. And so many say that I felt safe here. Mm. I felt welcomed. Yeah. Um, wherever I traveled, I felt safe. There was one student from Afghanistan a few years back um, who was just a dear friend of our ministry. He, um, he said to me, he had traveled all over the country. He had the opportunity to go to California and down south and all <laughs> over the place. 
He said, I have grown up in war and all I've ever known is war. And I have felt safe the whole time I've been here in Kalamazoo, in Michigan, and even in this country. And uh, I open up my home or my husband and I and our family open up our home quite a bit to students pre-COVID and uh, (laughs) would have them over as much as possible because uh, of a large portion of students that travel abroad don't get invited into a local's home. And we want to change that. Um, And of course, food circles Mm -hmm. back there. I don't think there's ever an event we have without food. I don't, I don't think that's a part of our, <laughs> our ministry. Like, if there's something going on, we at least have tea or something. <laughs> wow. I, it sounds like your students probably bring you so many interesting perspectives that mm-hmm. probably just, yeah, make you, wow, make you uh, just maybe appreciate some things or be frustrated by some things. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably adds a lot to your life. <laughs> it absolutely does. I am just so honored to be a part of this ministry and then uh, there's one other staff member uh, Jordan and then we have a a good pile of volunteers that are longtime volunteers and a few students that have um, been longtime volunteers with us and uh, just the people we get to collect along Mm -hmm. the way um, is and the stories and uh, we get the honor of you know sitting with somebody and hearing their story, uh, whether there's more laughter or more tears, we're able to sit with them. And it's just, it's an honor to, yeah. to get to know these students. I mean, I just sit in my office here today looking around and um, we've, we, we've been given little gifts along the way. Like they'll go home <laughs> for break and they'll come sure. back and say, hey, this is from my country. And um, I just, I just love it because every time I see one of those pieces, it just reminds me of that student and just, just makes mm. my heart happy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you kind of mentioned uh, something uh, you said a little earlier is that um, students maybe often feel lonely and mm-hmm. uh, that it can be maybe a challenge to be so far away from home and getting invited into somebody's home can be a rarity. And I'm wondering, like, this ministry, is that kind of what, what started it? Um, was to create, um, uh, you know, a sense of, of home away from home and to be hospitable to these international students. Maybe you can kind of talk about why the ministry started. What's the purpose of the ministry, really? Yeah, so it actually started in the late 1970s with just a kind of potluck lunch with a few students and a couple of, uh, I think, local professors, actually, uh, because they noticed these students kind of needed a space to gather and um, and visit outside of their departments or outside of their advisors or um, their departments and communities where they're they're always at and the lunch just grew and um again pre-covid uh we're up to about a 200 250 students that oh, come wow. through our lunches every thursday different churches around town sponsor them and they bring in the hot food and uh most of the time the churches bring the same volunteers to visit with the students and we encourage those volunteers to build those relationships because the six of us can't minister to <laughs> no. 250 students. That's just, the math just does not work in a week. So um, our our lunches, like you said, it's a space of hospitality. It's a, a place where you can gather and take a deep breath and you're not in your chemistry lab. You're not <laughs> sitting yeah. there working on your physics project. You're able to just have a cheesy rice casserole <laughs> that um, the, the sweet volunteers at XYZ Church brought over 
And uh, oftentimes the churches will bring certain foods that they know students like, um, like curry dishes. Mm. Uh, one church made tamales one year, oh. which was fantastic. One of our students from Nicaragua was like, my aunt makes these and like almost started <laughs> weeping because she's like, this is home. This yeah. is like home. That's and awesome. so, um, and so we try to mix in things like that. Uh, but yeah, if you just imagine a loud church potluck or family reunion, that's what it is. Just minus small children running around, even though that happens sometimes because there's lots of family. Um, there's people crying, there's people laughing, there's people studying. And then there's, you know, the students that are really just there to, to have a quick meal and run out. But most of them find relationships there. Mm -hmm. um, we pray over the meal. We don't preach to the students there. It is just a space of hospitality. And mm -hmm. really, um, any any topic comes up. I mean, I could be here till next Tuesday telling you the stories just from these lunches alone. And it's amazing um, what students will share the first time they meet us. Mm. Uh, I've sat down, the student I told you who traveled all around and grew up in war and only have really only ever felt safe here. Yeah. He told me his whole story when I sat down and met him one day. Wow. Um, and I was just like, I was honored to hear. Mm -hmm. um, and very curious about the area he grew up in, of course, but it's just incredible. Um, but I think it's that longing for connection, yeah. that longing for um, building relationship with someone from the country that you're in. Uh, I've traveled around the world a decent amount and I've always been invited into a local's home. Mm -hmm. And I fully realize my privilege in that mm -hmm. and mo all the trips I've taken have had a local connection um, somehow, some way. So I've learned so much more about those cultures because I was invited into that home. Yeah. So I want to reciprocate that right. to these students. So, yeah, um, in a, in a normal year, we have probably five, six different events at my house. Um, just, to, to open up my home. I've, yeah. uh, we've been able to have a, a nice home that's, uh, spacious and a big yard <laughs> that, um, <laughs> we can hang out in so it just gives students a different different perspective maybe for people out there this still might sound really intimidating to start this conversation to kind of initiate mm -hmm. and just kind of wondering you know when you started working there maybe you had the same feeling and how you even just went about approaching, starting to build these relationships. Uh, maybe you can just give us some uh, tips on how uh, to just start small, but uh, maybe start at all, right? <laughs> um, yeah. Any tips? Uh, so um, it, it all depends on where people live. Um, if you're near a university, that's a lot easier to connect with different events that are happening. Um, like here at Western, uh, throughout the year, there's different events for international students that the public is welcome to. And we encourage our churches to send volunteers and say, hey, if you, you know, recognize one of the students you met at one of our lunches, go up and say, hey, do you remember me? I was, you know, fill in the blank. Um, tell me what's going on here and why is this event, uh, you know, important to you. At our lunches, it's a lot of just sitting down <laughs> and saying, hi. Hi. Welcome. Um, and I, I mean, I have my kind of pocket questions. I ask, like, how are you finding your way around campus? Is, is 
are you finding what you need? Um, like what, are you living on campus or off campus? Uh, how do you find Kalamazoo? Is it easy to navigate? Um, and lots of times if they're uh, a first time on campus, most of our international students are graduate students. So um, the conversation's a little bit easier, um, but it's our, the freshmen that, that those are a little trickier because they're just like, I don't know which end is up and what I'm doing. And, um, <laughs> I'm in college in another country and ah! Yeah, <laughs> they're know? kind of shivering in the corner. <laughs> exactly. I remember when I was a freshman and I only went an hour and a half away from home. So it was like, ah! Yeah, but, I can't imagine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just making them feel comfortable uh, is basically what it is. Mm -hmm. um, and oftentimes the food is the conversation starter. Sure. Uh, I'll say like, hey, this is our typical uh, Midwestern fare, cheesy rice casserole, <laughs> you know, chicken. <laughs> we never serve pork because of um, oh, our Muslim friends. Yeah. Um, That's an intentional kind of uh, step you need to take to be hospitable, right? That's the hosp yep. hospitality thing. And then you realize how many churches want to put bacon in things. <laughs> oh, man, yeah, bacon does make things pretty good, but it is something, you know, you got to check yourself about, mm -hmm. as sounds like, mm -hmm. okay. Um, but for folks not in university towns um, or even near universities, I have found with my work um, through the RCA that there's a lot of intentional um, organizations that are helping to bridge those those gaps between uh, folks of the other faiths. So uh, like in Grand Rapids, it's actually through a university, but um, hmm. it's not necessarily housed at the university, I guess what I'm trying to say. Sure. It's an interfaith institute and they do different events throughout the year to help connect the community to their um, neighbor of another faith, another culture. So a lot of um, towns are doing events like that uh, to create those safe spaces, those non-intimidating spaces, like, mm -hmm. I don't, people don't necessarily have an easy time walking up to somebody in a coffee shop and like, hey, I notice X, Y, Z, can we have a conversation? Like, uh, some people can do that very well, and yeah. every so often I can, but um, it's better in those spaces <laughs> that are kind of created already, or you have a friend that is going to something. Um, that's why when churches will say to me or volunteers from churches, hey, can you connect me with a student? I'd like to be a friend with them. Hmm. I say, I could, but put yourself in their shoes. Um, they might not know me super well yet. And I'm saying, yeah. hey, there's this lady I don't know super well that wants to meet somebody. It's, you know, how <laughs> awkward that can be. <laughs> sure. So I say, just come to one of our events, even right. if you want to just come and do dishes. And then you can kind of just listen to what's going on and kind of be a fly on the wall that way. Um, and then you can sit down and start a conversation there then invite that student to coffee yeah. and then maybe that will turn into something else um, because we have so many opportunities to do that that we have built into our ministry again because we can't do it alone yeah and all of our our ministry is built on relationships mm -hmm. a lot of one-on-one -on -one bible studies i mean go on so far and so forth but um yeah it's it can absolutely be an intimidating space yeah and, and it sounds like it, it takes time right and consistency oh, sure. Yep. Um, to show up and, uh, but that, um, yeah, it can, it can just be a good way to start small, stay mm -hmm. consistent and build that trust. And then you're kind of on your way, right? It sounds like these students are, are wanting connection. They're wanting relationships. They're wanting, yep. 
uh, you know, people to, a community to be a part of. So, um, uh, so I think it's just a matter of starting, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, just wondering, like, for some of your students, what food has been important to them, you know, or food rituals have been important to them? Uh, I'm wondering if you have any any kind of stories about how food is important to, like, their culture, their way of life, um, and how you've kind of made space for that in your ministry. Yeah, we have yet to find a culture that food is not important. <laughs> so I'll let you know if we find one. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's even uh, having that. So tell me what breakfast looks like in in China. And I have a student say, oh, yeah, we have rice. And I was like, you have rice for breakfast? Like <laughs> me, um, Scandinavian American, that's that's that wasn't on my menu. So um, it's every culture. And yeah. it's such a great conversation starter to um, like when I say like, hey, this is our very typical fare here in the United States. Um, what would dinner look like in your home? And what what's your favorite meal? Mm-hmm. Uh, tea and coffee always start good conversations or debates even like which is better i had a student from iraq who i just adore he's become a good friend and i was saying i love chai tea and he's like why do you keep saying tea twice i said what what are you talking about because in arabic shy is the word for tea yeah yeah i say chai tea because it's a certain spices right Mm -hmm. like why do you keep saying it twice he also liked to just poke at me and get me to argue with him too but it was it's just a learning pick why do you what is that all about um we have students that love to cook and to bake Mm -hmm. and have made us things over the years and i am i'm a decently adventurous eater if it doesn't involve fish so um Uh, Some of the stuff they make, oh my goodness, it is just divine. We had a student come over uh, for a graduation party we had at our house a couple years ago, and she made Turkish coffee. If you ever made from scratch Turkish coffee, it's a process. There's saffron, there's like um, straining, there's all sorts of things that go on. So she showed me how to make it, and I was like, oh, I can do this. I'll write it all out. I give up because there were so many steps. (laughs) I wasn't as committed as some others. It's just, I mean, almost every student I encounter, there's uh, food conversations and tea especially, Mm because tea is a very common denominator across. And uh, and you mentioned to me earlier that you have like a tea, you guys used to have a tea time, right? Yeah. Uh, We (laughs) joked that at the end of our lunches, it was time for tea because it was like two, three in the afternoon. And um, at the lunches, we just served basic black tea and because uh, that's a very easy one to do and some green tea and then you can jazz it up how you like <laughs> but we had an intern last year who said what if we did a tea party <laughs> with the three girls I have I'm thinking like little girl princess tea party I was like okay help me out a little more what are you talking about she said no a, a party where everybody brings tea from their culture and we share and then everybody brings a little like snack to go with it I said I'm I'm in Love it. so we had a tea party at my house and There was about 15 of us, and um, there was some elaborate teas, like, being made on the stove, or there was, like, just prepackaged ones that were brought, and then Mm -hmm. I may or may not have a tea hoarding problem, so I brought out all of my variations of tea I have in my cabinet. Hoarding. I know. I could have worse problems. I fully realize this, but it's just so much fun to share around the group. 
And there are some that were amazing and some that were, I just downright thought were awful. (laughs) So, um, but it was such a fantastic time to share with one another about cultures. And I don't know how many times students have said to me as we're cleaning up a meal or whatever here at my house, like, this is just like being back home. I sit around and I bring out all my mismatched mugs from Wonder Woman to (laughs) my mug from Oman to, you know, something that my daughter made. (laughs) And they're like, this is what we do at home. We just sit around and visit and have tea after dinner. Faith comes up almost every time we gather Mm. like that. So um, I don't have agendas for lots of things. Uh, I mean, some events we do, of course, have agendas. But when it comes to faith and evangelism, it's so much more just natural in our ministry. And it comes up all the time. So Mm -hmm. I have the opportunity to uh, share Christ more than I ever thought I would. Oh, wow. Yeah, it just happens naturally mm-hmm. through conversation instead mm-hmm. of, you know, that may be, be uh, yeah, more structured time. But you're building that trust, it sounds like. You're building that re- reciprocal relationship where you're sharing about American culture, they're sharing about their culture, and it's, mm-hmm. and it's a two-way relationship in that way. Yep. Um, uh, there's that trust that maybe helps that conversation come up supernaturally. Yeah, um, and I've found in so many cultures that food is, um, com- like, the preparing of food is communal. Um, just this last spring, before COVID, I was invited to uh, another student from Iraq, um, her house, and we were making dolma, I think that's hmm. how you pronounce it. It's these grape yeah, leaves that? that are stuffed with uh, a rice pepper mixture, but, like, everybody gets in the pot and makes it together. (laughs) Sure, yeah. It's a big old pot, and everybody's hands are in there. I mean, now that we're in the middle of a pandemic, that seems like, oh, (laughs) But, I mean, that's just how you do it. And so many families, like, families and generations live together. Uh, And as Americans, we're we're like, yeah, grandma lives close, but an hour away. You know, not necessarily in the home with the family. Right, yeah. Just stuff like that, I... It's so much fun. Uh, I'm wondering, uh, like, as Thanksgiving approaches, what are the holidays like for, you know, the college students that you work with? And, you know, what's a, a unique way that you serve students during this time? One fun way around Thanksgiving, uh, uh, the week before Thanksgiving break uh, here uh, in the U.S., Western, I think it actually it's, Um, more than just at Western. It's called International Education Week. And the Heineke Institute for Global Studies at Western uh, asks different groups to put on um, some sort of event. And throughout the week, there's like Dominican night, there's um, maybe some Malaysian dance night. And we have been asked for many years now to put on a Thanksgiving dinner. And so we prepare like your typical Thanksgiving American turkey, potatoes, corn, pie, like the the staples, right? (laughs) And maybe a vegetarian, another vegetarian dish in there. And we put on um, a Thanksgiving meal during the day, um, during our normal lunch hour. But we talk about the history of the uh, American Thanksgiving, like uh, what that looks like with some trivia and some kind of fun games and the 
president actually of the university came and helped serve last year, which was cool. Oh wow! Um, and we had so many volunteers, we didn't need his help. So we're like, you, you go visit with students. They want to yeah. see you. Um, <laughs> we've we've got the mashed potatoes slinging under control. So it was just um, it brings in uh, a whole new group of students sometimes yeah. that didn't necessarily know we were there. Uh, so that's a fun thing we do. And then the week of Thanksgiving, uh, we can't do it this year because of COVID restrictions, mm-hmm. but we uh had a dinner at my house we've done it three years in a row and yeah. invite students and they bring dishes from their country we <laughs> kind of provide the staples sure Say, what would be a traditional dish you'd um, make during eid after ramadan um and so they would bring that yeah uh, or at their iftar meals things like that so uh that's been a fun thing we've done yeah. uh the week like school's off it's close to final, so a lot of students just hunker down and start working on their final papers and presentations. <laughs> that, yeah, always got school to think about for sure. Right. A decent amount travel um, around the country um, mm. just to visit different places because they can. Uh, if our volunteers are around and they're staying local, they'll often invite students over for the actual Thanksgiving day. Yeah. We noticed a lot of professors do that too at Western if they know mm. students are here and kind of lonely and would yeah. like a place to land so yeah and around Christmas it's a, a little trickier because the break is so much longer a lot of students go home yeah because they have close to a month that they could spend with their families uh, but those that are around um, we collect them for like Christmas Eve services um, mm-hmm. I've had them over to my house for Christmas Eve dinner over the years um, I've co- <laughs> I kind of collect the folks that don't have other places no, to go, yeah. which is great. I mean, a table big. Otherwise, they'd be alone. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, awesome. we take them around to see the lights, and we talk about what you know, Chris, Chris, Christmas, excuse me, means to Christians. Yeah. We talk about the commercialism of it. We, I mean, <laughs> pretty much every topic's Everything. on the table. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, this is a question I I ask all. Uh, the participants of the podcast. Um, it's uh, what is your favorite food memory? I mean, I shared a few about the tea. I, mm-hmm. I just love um, preparing food with students. Oh, one of my favorites is uh, a dear friend of ours from Togo. Uh, she has graduated with her PhD. She's still living here in the U.S. is now married and has a kiddo. Uh, she's just become part of our family, but. When her daughter, Faithy, was young, like infant, her mom, Mama Chantel, I call her, was here helping out. And we had them all over for dinner on uh, Christmas Eve. And this mm. is one of those nights we collected a whole bunch of people. And uh, Mama Chantel is there in her traditional African uh, dress, which was just beautiful, in her bare feet because... It's hot in Togo, and this is now winter in Michigan, and she's got her bare feet because she, she had boots, but she's I just can't walk in them. <laughs> it's like, I what? understand. <laughs> just because she's used to either bare feet yeah, or just, like, no. slide wow. shoes. Anyway, she wanted to learn how to make macaroni and cheese and um, mashed potatoes. I was like, well, I can show you how to yeah. do that. But the mashed potatoes part was just hilarious. We had potato everywhere in that kitchen by the time we were done. But the dinner itself was, it was simple. I mean, it was nothing really fancy. But my husband, um, his way of showing hospitality is kind of the helper in the background as I'm doing the people work. That's just, that's how our relationship is. And he was clearing the dishes and Mama Chantel was like, what is he doing? Like, this is the wife's job. Like, 
not that she expected me to do it, but she got up and she's like, no, you sit. He's like, no, I'm going to help clean. And so they had like this weird argument, non-argument. Oh, it was, we laugh about it today because Kevin's like, no, you sit, you're my guest. She's like, no, you're the man of the house. I serve. It was just fantastic yeah. to watch it play out Yeah. as I'm like trying not to, to giggle because I don't want to insult her, but I'm also laughing because my husband's like, what's happening? Yeah. It's like a kind of a humorous culture clash, you know? So yeah, our families joke about that now. <laughs> Yeah, it was. Oh, and our, our friend from Iraq was there. And we don't really have a head of the table in our family. Sure. Um, my husband doesn't. And so we put him at the head of the table. He's like, I don't belong here. This is where <laughs> Kevin needs to be. We're like, that doesn't matter. He's like, uh, are uh... you sure? <laughs> so it's just all those pieces that we still, sure. you know, have to traverse with each culture. And yeah, it's just. It but it sounds me. like you do it with humor, humility, and it kind oh, of yeah. works out. So. We're all learning, and I've stepped on toes. They've stepped on mine. Like, you know what? Mm-hmm. We're all learning together, yeah. and it's okay. Yeah. Um, I'm not. They know that I'm not trying to insult them <laughs> and vice versa, yeah. and we're just on this journey together yeah. of, of learning and building relationships. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Thank you much, so much for sharing that. I, yeah. I just love hearing people's favorite food memory. It's usually around groups of people, and it's usually just, you know, so many sensory things involved with with food, whether it's smell, touch, you know, the sound of food, cooking, or whatever it might be, and of course the taste. Um, um, But just always love to hear uh, what people have to share. Um, Thank you so much, Laura, for for coming on and just sharing your experience with working with students and um, students of a different faith, and uh, just so much to glean there. But I'm just kind of wondering for churches maybe who are listening and maybe want to incorporate some of, of what you're sharing into, into their ministry. Uh, I know that you, again, you work for the RCA. So there are a couple different uh, learning opportunities that you might have wondering if you um, are able to share that. Yeah. So with my role with the RCA, um, we are in partnership with the Christian reform church in uh, North America. And we have a network called Journey into Friendships, and we've collected um, missionaries, teachers, pastors, lay folks, folks that are like, um, I heard about this, and I want to know more. Yeah. So there, we've collected them. It's a space to share resources. It's a, a space to learn like what's going on around the U.S. and Canada when it comes to this work mm-hmm. and how people can get connected locally. Um, awesome. So I'm grateful that I'm able to do this kind of on the ground ministry with this campus ministry and then all the networks around here, but then also help um, nationally churches get connected. Um, And I'm collecting resources almost daily of uh, areas people can get connected to gather those tools to reach out to their neighbor of another faith. Um, Because just in my head that floats daily is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, oh. and mind, and love your love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. So that neighbor piece, uh, like I said, is just to circle it back, was something that was ingrained in me from my parents and my grandmother and her family that would just collect the neighbors for everything because that was kind of your family being <laughs> yeah. out in the rural area. Awesome. Well, if people are interested in that, you know, how do they get connected with you um, to maybe learn more about it? Yeah, just um, sending an email over, uh, just 
losborn at rca.org, I can um, kind of feel out where people are at and then get them connected uh, one way or another. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Laura, again, for coming on um, and for sharing all the wisdom that you have. Um, Thanks to everyone for joining. Uh, This is the Food for Faith podcast. Um, We'll see you next time. Thanks. Thanks, Eduardo.